The world has been rocked by the spread of the coronavirus, and in times of crises like this, there are always spiritual lessons that we can learn that can not only affect our own lives, but the world at large. In this video, I'm going to go over the six key spiritual lessons that you can learn from this pandemic and from any crisis, really. And I'm also going to share a powerful exercise with you that'll help you stay in your power and at peace no matter what is happening in the world. Coming up. This video is brought to you by the jewelry designer Tikladi. To get your own mala bead necklace like the one I'm wearing in this video, check out the description box where you'll find a 10% discount code. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the Heart Alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell so you get notified as soon as I publish new content. Now, this week, the topic is a little heavier. Um, we're talking about the coronavirus, but really not just the coronavirus. I'm, I'm putting together this video. In case you see this a year from now, this is still gonna be pertinent because what I'm talking about really is some key spiritual lessons that we can all learn when we go through any crisis in, in our lives. But it's per what's pertinent right now is the coronavirus is kind of running rampant around the world. And so there's a lot going on. So many lives are being disrupted. And so I wanna share these, these spiritual lessons with you to kind of help you remain centered and at peace even when the world is going a little crazy. Now, what I wanted to do first though is give you a little bit of a side note <laughs> because if you've been following me, you know I'm a trained clinician. You know I spent uh, many years, almost a decade, working in the healthcare sector. And so before I get into the spiritual lessons, I wanna leave a little side note, ding, ding, side note. Okay, so here comes the clinician in me. I wanna leave a side note because although I am gonna be talking about the spiritual side of this virus and the spiritual lessons, I also please don't want you to forget the down-to-earth important things that we need to be doing right now in order to protect not really ourselves if you're young and healthy, you may get this virus, nothing really bad's gonna happen to you, but it's extremely dangerous for vulnerable populations, okay? People who are sick, people who are elderly, so please do the best that you can to try and slow this, this pandemic down by just taking basic precautionary measures like washing your hands a lot. Um, you can have some alcohol rub with you, some of those, those alcohol, uh, that alcohol gel that's very effective. Um, you know, try to, to have social distancing from people. So you should be at least two meters away. I don't know what that is in feet. I don't think in feet anymore. So you should be two meters away. Google it if you need to. You should be two meters away from someone when you're around in any social situation. If you have to be in a social situation, be at least two meters away from the person because the virus once coughed, it remains airborne uh, for at least two meter distance, okay? so. Take your precautions. I'm not gonna to go too deep into this because we are inundated with the precautionary measures for this coronavirus already. So you probably know them. I'm not gonna go into them deeply, but I just wanted to leave this side note here. Please take care of yourself. Take these precautions. Stay at home if you can because it'll, it's gonna help slow down the, this curve, slow down this pandemic so we can see if this can you know, cycle through the planet and not be here uh, very long. That, that's what I'm hoping. My feelings 
feeling is this is going to be uh, this is going to be gone pretty quickly. But again, we have to work. We have to be our brothers and sisters keepers uh, during this. Okay, so so be very cautious about uh, about this virus. Okay, so now on to the six spiritual lessons that we can learn through the coronavirus, but also in any crisis. So before I get into lesson one, I want to, to just kind of give you a little bit of a preview of what's going to be going on in the planet uh, for quite a while. You know, you, you chose to incarnate on this planet at this exact time. And guess what? You may not remember, but, but you chose to sign up for this kind of changing times that we're in right now down here on the planet. So what I mean by this is that coronaviruses, pandemics, uh, you know, natural disasters, things like that they are going to continue to happen on the planet. Uh, I was going to say unfortunately, but it's really not unfortunately. It's all a part of the evolution of consciousness. The planet herself is evolving. She's a sentient being. And when she changes, when she hiccups, when there's a hiccup on planet earth, we all feel it. Okay. And so I just want to bring this soul perspective to remind you all that if you are here watching this video right now, you signed up for this mission. You signed up to be here during these times of enormous change. And that means that your soul already knew you already come prepared to live through these pandemics, these natural disasters, whatever's going on in the world right now, and is going to continue to happen as we transition into a new era. So we really got to get very good at creating a habit of being okay with change, of being okay with impermanence, of rolling with the, with the flow, going with the flow, learning how to navigate the ups and downs in life. This is crucial for anyone on this planet right now. We need to learn how to navigate change and how to navigate these crises because this isn't the last one that's going to happen. Okay. And I'm not saying that to frighten you. I'm saying that for you to start training and preparing preparing and evolving more, coming more into your power, because that's the only way that you're going to help others on the planet. And again, if you're watching my videos, you're a light worker and your mission is exactly that to help others on the planet. And you can't do that if you just get completely lost in all of these, not in the chaos or in any crisis that happens on the planet, you are a much more resilient soul than that. Okay. So it's time to start training. It's time to come in your, into your power because these things are going to continue to happen on the planet. All right, now let's get to the lessons. Uh, lesson one is the first lesson that any major crisis and this coronavirus actually, specifically this coronavirus is teaching us is about going within. You know, if you've noticed, there are a lot of countries where people are being quarantined. I'm in Portugal right now. And as, as of the moment that I'm shooting this video, we are probably going to be under mandatory quarantine in the country. So, and a lot of countries are going through this. And what this is doing is it's restricting our movement. It's actually restricting our physical movement. And whenever the physical movement is restricted, even though we want to scream and we want to kick the walls and we just want, Oh my God, I feel, I feel like I'm stuck somewhere. What this is doing from a spiritual perspective is it's giving you a, an immense opportunity to go within. Oh my goodness. Because we're basically being forced to stop and we don't like to stop <laughs> Well, the ego doesn't like to stop. Okay. So when you are, if you are in a situation of quarantine, or if you're going, if you're watching this video later on and you're going, we're going through another crisis, that's not the coronavirus and you're feeling like we are that your physical movement is being constrained. This is an opportunity to go within 
go within and and not just you know not just in terms of meditation but go within and do a checkup on yourself okay so ding ding checkup <laughs> so the checkup means going within and and taking a um, taking an inventory how am I feeling how is my life going? How am I feeling? Let me repeat that question again. How am I feeling? Because we run away from emotions so much. How's my life been going? How are, how, how's my heart doing? Do I have anything to heal from the past that I'm still holding on to? How do I think about life? What are my repetitive thoughts? You see, there's a lot to take stock of, all right? There's a lot to do inventories on when we're stuck, when we can't really move a lot, okay? Such as in quarantines. So. The, this first lesson is really amazing in the sense that it forces us to stop and, you know, get yourself a journal and start writing things down. Start doing this exercise of taking inventory of where you are, how you feel, what's going on in your life, and then go within, take the time, heal, be with yourself, accept your emotions, feel, feel, feel. <laughs> okay. So this is lesson number one. Take the opportunity, if you are in a quarantine, take the opportunity to do the inner work, to kind of be with yourself, to nurture yourself, to take care of yourself in a very beautiful, nurturing, kind of, you know, very spiritual way because you're trying to dig a little bit and figure out how you're doing in there because how you're doing in here is what's going to manifest in your outer life. Okay. So take this opportunity when you feel like you're a little bit more stuck to do that inner inventory. All right. So this is lesson number one. Lesson number two is to connect with others. Now <laughs> this lesson can seem like it's a little bit counterintuitive and contradictive to the one that I just talked about before, which is go within. Then the second lesson is connect with others. And it could seem like it's a weird lesson because you know, we're all being told to have social distancing, to self quarantine, to, you know, stay away from people. So how can that be connecting with others? <laughs> but it is because what, it, what this is doing, what any crisis really does, but especially this virus is, you know, a lot of people that are being quarantined at home, these are elderly people at risk populations. And so they can't go out grocery shopping because they may catch this thing. And so what we're being called to do is really be our brothers and sisters keepers you know, know your neighbors, know if you have any elderly neighbors in your building, if you have any people that are sick or immunocompromised, know your neighbors, know the people in your community and reach out, open your heart and reach out, connect to people, find out if people, if you have anybody in your area, that's an at-risk population that needs help. If anyone needs help out there and they need groceries delivered, they need, you know, whatever they need, these, these crises really force us, those of us that are healthy and well, it forces us to start connecting with others in ways we didn't connect before. You know, I lived many years in New York, for instance, and I remember New York. I mean, I was in the middle of Manhattan, 8 million people for years and years, and I'd go to work and this is what we do. We go to work, we get on the, we get on the subway or Metro and we do our thing. And even though we're surrounded by there's 8 million of us in Manhattan alone, there isn't a lot of social connection when we're in our everyday life. And so now this connection is occurring in odd ways because even though we're being asked to be distant from each other in terms of, of the, the to, to, so that we don't contaminate each other, we're also being called to connect with others, to be empathetic towards others, to have compassion towards others. So there is that, com, com, that uh, component of connection, but not just with people in our local community. When crises like this happen, crises that just touch the whole world, we real 
realize how connected we are. I mean, something that starts in China weeks later is all over the world. That's how hyper-connected we are in this world. And it really brings us this spiritual understanding. The way that this virus just spread through the entire world, it really, it kind of shows you the illusion that if you still have the illusion that you're separate from someone else, that you're just this entity out here and there's other people over there, if you were operating under that illusion that we weren't connected, I think a virus like this is really showing you how we are immensely connected, where something can start all of the, you know, across in China and spread across the world in a matter of weeks or days or whatever, however long it took for the virus to get all over the place. That's how hyper-connected we are. And that's a really a symbolic um, view of how connected we are on the spiritual level. And so when these things happen, we can really contemplate and ponder, wow, we are so connected. And because we are so connected, I have to start figuring out how I'm living, not just for myself, but how I'm living in my community, how I'm living and how I relate to other people, not just the people I love, but other people, the so-called strangers. How do I how do I connect with other people? We, we have to start thinking about these things, especially now when, when, when we can see that we are all so, so connected and we are interdependent. We depend on each other. All of us do. And we're realizing this and we realize this when crisis hits. Lesson number three and one of my favorite lessons is to open your heart. And this one, you know, sometimes it, it may seem like, well, you know, you can say, oh, my heart's open already. You know, I don't need a crisis like this to open my heart. But sometimes crises really do crack the heart open and it allows us to feel deep compassion and empathy for others that we didn't maybe before, you know? And I'll give you an example, a pretty clear example. I, I posted about the coronavirus on my social media and I had a few comments and, and you know, a few comments were really interesting and it was people saying that that you know they weren't afraid uh, of the coronavirus at all because they were young and fine and if they caught the if they caught the virus no problem so they're not worried about it you see what that reveals? <laughs> the heart's a little closed here for you to comment like that. The heart's a little closed because yeah, you're young and, and healthy so you're fine, <laughs> but what about everybody else? You see? And so in crises like this, our, our hearts are asked to be cracked open so that we have this tender, loving, compassion, consideration for others. I may be healthy and I'm probably going to get it. You're probably going to get it. They say this whole, this coronavirus is going to be all over the world and it's good for us to get it because to develop herd immunity, what's called herd immunity. But at the same time, I'm also taking precautions because at the back of my mind, there's always, you know, um, maybe an elderly neighbor. I have an elderly neighbor upstairs. I don't want her to catch this. You know, uh, I have another neighbor upstairs that has a whole, a whole ton of children up there. I don't want them to catch it. So there's this cracking open of the heart where I begin to consider the well-being and, and safety of others, even strangers. Okay. So opening the heart, crack that heart open open, crack that heart open, beautiful soul, if it's not already. And if you have this thought, oh, I'm young, I don't need to worry about the coronavirus. Well, yeah, you don't need to worry about it for yourself, but think, 
open that heart and have compassion for strangers that you may never meet, for people that are sick, for people that are going through cancer treatment, any kind of immunosuppression, any kind of pre-existing conditions that make them really a target for this, for this virus. They, they're very vulnerable to this virus. Think of them, even if you'll never meet them, okay? But there's another component of this heart opening that's really important, and that is your heart is basically this incredible, incredible receptacle and your heart is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit in another lesson, but in this part, I wanted to talk about how the heart can hold the spiritual vision and the physical vision at the same time. And what that means is when we're involved in crisis, a lot of times we can get lost in the emotions that are generated by a crisis, like fear, uh, panic. We can feel a little bit in despair. Uh, some people are losing their livelihoods, for example. They're, lo they're, they're losing their paychecks because they can't work. And so there's the whole economic aspect to this. And so we can get really stuck in the physical, just the physical part. Oh my God, am I going to lose my job? I'm not going to get a paycheck. Oh my God, you know, is my neighbor going to be okay? Is grandma going to be okay? So we can get stuck in the physical part and lose the spiritual perspective, but the heart holds both of them. Okay. The heart works really well. The heart is your portal of unity. There's no more duality in the heart. It's the marriage of unity. No, no more polarity. So in the heart, there's no such thing as up, down, left, right, hot, cold, duality is finished in the heart. And what that means is that it holds the spirit part of you and the matter part of you. They're really always one matter is spirit, but you know what I mean, right? So at the same time that you could be feeling fear in the physical, uh, for your family's safety or for whatever, you can be feeling the fear that's going on. But at the same time, your heart has the capacity to hold on to the soul's perspective. Okay. To hold on to your higher self's perspective, to hold on to your connection to source, your connection to creator. And it's crucial that you hold these two things in your heart. So you don't get lost in any one of them. All right. You don't want to be lost just in the physical because then you'll just fall into despair and panic and that's not going to help anybody, but you also don't want to be lost in the physical in the, in the spiritual, sorry, because if you're lost in the spiritual, you're up in la la land and you're totally disconnected from the physical. And guess what? We are here to live physical lives also, because if you wanted to be up in the clouds, you wouldn't have incarnated in a body. Okay. So we have to be able to hold this physical spirit, physical spirit <laughs> kind of view perspective. And that's where the heart comes in. Okay. So, so work on that in your heart of being able to hold the perspective of, yeah, there are, there are pretty serious physical things going on down here, but at the same time, where's my soul? What's the perspective of my soul? What's the perspective of source? How is source seeing this? You see, you have to do that work so that you maintain these two perspectives and don't get lost in any one of them. Lesson number four is to hold your power. <laughs> this is, oh my God, this is a hard one, but this is crucial. And what this means, it goes a little bit, it's a continuation, a little bit of what I was just talking about in terms of the heart holding those two perspectives, the physical and the spiritual. It's a little bit of that, but I want to go deeper into what it means to hold your power. 
So when there's a pandemic or a crisis or anything going on, when millions of people start to feel the same emotion, and if that emotion is really dense, it brings the vibration of the collective consciousness down. Okay. And think about it around the world right now, there are millions, if not billions, but probably let's just say millions and millions and millions of people that are emanating fear, a little bit of panic, some despair. Okay. So the vibration of the collective is really low right now and we can all feel it, especially sensitives, especially light workers. Okay. So what me, what it means to hold your power is you have to realize as a light worker, right? Here's a ding ding for you. If you didn't know this as a light worker, you have ex an extraordinarily powerful, uh, energy field. Your energy field is stronger than a non light worker. It doesn't make you better than a non light worker. It just means your energy field is stronger. And the reason that light workers incarnate with stronger energy fields is precisely so they can help in times of crisis. So they can help change the level of consciousness on the planet. So one light worker can affect a lot of non light workers just by the power of their energy. And this could be good or this could be bad. <laughs> the, the good part is when you know your power as a light worker and you hold that power, you can drag the energy of, of the collective up. Okay. So that's the good thing, right? You can drag it into love or compassion or peace. All right. The, the other side of the coin is when a light worker doesn't know and hasn't come into their power and they don't know how powerful and big their energy system is, the light worker can actually contribute negatively to the vibration of the collective consciousness. And what happens there is this is usually a light worker who hasn't done her homework, who hasn't healed what needed to be healed, who has a lot of unresolved issues within her or him. And what happens is when crises are triggered in the world that triggers your own inner work that hasn't been done. And so you start to feel fear and panic, not just because of what's going on outside, but also because you have unresolved stuff. And what ends up happening then is you let yourself fall into this spiral with the rest of the collective consciousness and down you go. Well, when down you go down goes an enormous amount of energy because of the strength of that, of that energy field that you hold. Okay. Light worker. So please remember this. Hold your power means be very responsible, be very aware of how powerful your energy system is so that you can hold it and anchor it in a higher vibration so that you can help others pull themselves out of fear and out of panic. All right. Don't let yourself spiral down. All right. So, so there's another lesson. Lesson number five is be solidly grounded. <laughs> now you may laugh here because this, this lesson here, it may seem like it's totally opposite what I just told you to do in the previous lesson when I was talking about holding your power. Okay. But things aren't black and white. So it, it, <laughs> it may seem like it's a little bit, uh, you know, contradicting the one before, but it's not things aren't black and white. And so here I go into gray. So what I mean by being solidly grounded is that we as light workers, as spiritually awakened people, we must remember that we are here to also live a physical life and to participate in physical reality. 
I can't tell you how many people are out there in the spiritual world who are awakened, but when they awaken, they just go up in the clouds and they just go into these groups and they're talking all day long about the woo-woo spiritual things and why this virus is occurring and why pandemics occur, all from the spiritual perspective, but they're not actually putting their feet on the ground. So there's a bunch of spiritual people up in the clouds talking about, you know, in worst case scenarios, there's a lot of people actually talking about, you know, conspiracy theories and ridiculous things like that. They're totally ungrounded and they're basically missing life because what you are called to do in these times, you came down here in a physical body. You came down here to participate in physical life. And that's what this means. This means to be grounded is guess what? When you're down here in a physical body, you're going to feel everything. If you allow it, of course you can repress it, but that's going to get you in trouble. Don't repress, don't repress, but you can do that. But you're in a physical body to experience all of life. And that means that at times you will experience fear. You will experience grief. You will experience panic and there is nothing wrong with that. So here's, here's where it seems like I'm contradicting the one before but I'm really not. I'm saying that you have to allow yourself to be human at the same time that you are also a powerful light worker and a spiritual being. Okay. So you have to play a really fine balance between knowing that you are here to help ascend consciousness, but also knowing that you are here to be human and being human involves feeling the whole array of human emotion and human experience. Okay. So I'll give you an example from my own life that I'm going through right now. You know, I have some family members that are on the front lines of this. My brother's an RN, so he's a frontline worker. My mom runs a nursing home filled with at-risk people. And right now, as I'm shooting this video, she's just locked down the whole facility with the workers inside. And they are on a 14 day shift where the workers are not leaving. <laughs> and, and you know, they're doing such a great job. They all agree to stay to, to stay in total isolation in this building so that my mom is trying to decrease the risk of this virus getting in as best she can. So I have family members on the front line of this. So I, am I, to be honest with you, am I totally always up here in high vibration when my family is on the front lines of these things? No, I'm not. There are days that I wake up and I'm scared shitless that hopefully that they're okay and they don't get this. You know, my mom's not a spring chicken exactly. So she's already kind of hitting the, the at risk population here. So there are times that I wake up where I'm scared too. And, and I'm not going to pull myself out of that because that would be really violent because I'm here to be human also, you see? So the balance in my life that's been happening is I have to balance my humanness and everything that I feel in human form. I have to accept that that is okay, that I'm also a human being, not just a spiritual being. I have to accept the emotions that come up, even if they are fear, even if they are worried that my fa about my family and my brother and my mom. But at the same time, I accept those emotions. I work with the fear. I let it circulate and then boom, there I go up again. <laughs> you see? So I'm doing the work of being human and accepting my emotions. I'm not pushing fear away. I'm not pushing it away and then coming up in here in front of the camera with you and saying, Hey, ding, ding, everything's okay. Don't worry guys. No need to fear. Stop fearing. Fear isn't good. <laughs> you see, because that would be totally inauthentic and I would be denying my humanness. So please don't do that in your life. Okay. If you're feeling fear, if you're feeling panic, if you have like me, family members on the front lines of this thing, 
It's okay to feel fear, to be in the human part, but the trick here and the balance here is to not let yourself be pulled into this endless black hole of that energy. You allow yourself to be human. You feel the emotions. If you are having dense emotions, you feel them, you allow them, you accept them, you embrace them, and then you move into love. You take all of it into love and compassion. Okay, so that's the balance. And that's what it means. This is one of the most important lessons. That's what it means to be a grounded, grounded being. And that's what light workers are being called to do. Light workers more and more, especially if we're having more of these crises going on in the planet in our own lifetime, we're being called to be grounded spiritual beings and not completely divorced from reality up in la la land. You know, I call it fairy dust spirituality. And I like fairy dust spirituality sometimes, but in moments of crisis, the fairy dust spirituality does not help at all because there are millions of people that are in pain and in fear and us being up in the clouds is not going to help them. We need to be grounded so that we bring the energy of spirit down. Okay. And we also recognize the humanness within us and we recognize that it's okay to have whatever emotion that we happen to be having. Lesson six is to reconsider issues. Okay. So I left this one for last. But it's a really important, uh, a really important lesson when we go through, as we're going through this coronavirus, as we're going through any crisis, but this one specifically, we start to get exposed to what I call the underbelly of society. <laughs> okay. And the underbelly of society are the things that are not going so well within our institutions, whether public institutions, private corporations, this is the underbelly of society. It's these issues that are not going so well, but that we don't really pay attention to in everyday life. And so we kind of just let them go without being exposed to them. And when we're not aware of them, then there's no, there's no potential for change when we're just going in robot mode and we don't see something. Okay. So we have to be aware of something to change it. And when crises like this, and especially this coronavirus now, cause that's what I'm talking about, but any crisis really, when big crises hit the planet, it exposes the underbelly of our society and we get to think about broader, bigger issues. Okay. And we get to think about, you know, we get to see some ugly things within our institutions, within ourselves, within us as a, as a society, as countries, as cultures. And then we also get to choose whether we want to change our behavior moving forward or keep it the same. Okay. So we are called to reconsider local, uh, country and global. Okay. So local national and even global issues. And I'll give you an example. There's many that I could give, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to turn this into one of those videos because this isn't a video is about politics or anything like that. But I'm going to give you one example that was very clear to me early on. And it's because I have a very, very close connection to nature. <laughs> I was a shaman in many lifetimes before I have a very, very close connection to nature and to mother earth. And this was the first, one of the first things that I saw within myself that I would love to see changed on the planet. And, and I'm participating in that change myself. And it was the issue of how these things, how this outbreak occurred. All right. So this is the second huge outbreak that occurs that starts in what's called wet markets in China. Okay. The, the SARS epidemic started in China in exactly the same way. And what a wet market is, if you don't know what a wet market is, you can look up some videos. I can't even watch videos of wet markets because they hurt me so much. 
and it's a wet market is basically where just a bunch of animals both wild and domesticated animals they are held in really small cages and they're stacked up on top of each other they poo and they pee on top of each other they are held in deplorable deplorable inhumane conditions and then they're just pulled out of their pulled out of their cages chopped up right there and served to the public and and people take you know an animal cut up animal that's been tortured in a cage they take it home and they consume it this is how the virus got to human beings from animals okay so the outbreak occurred in wet markets that are extremely unsanitary but not just unsanitary they are uh, this is a, an issue of animal welfare how we treat nature how we treat animals and so this is a huge issue for me this is how the outbreak started this is the second time at least that this happens so the question is are we going to what are we going to do about this should we change the way that we relate to the animals we eat for some of us it is should we eat animals for others of us it isn't even about this you don't have to be a vegan for some of us it simply is how do i relate to the food that I eat. And if I'm going to continue to be a meat eater, how do, what do we have to do in order to, uh, to assure that animal welfare is respected and they at least die humanely and have humane lives? And so this is a big issue, right? That we all have to consider because look at what, look at what is happening. I mean, this started in a wet market in China. So this is a huge issue, huge issue. And I could give a bunch more, but you know, you, you get the example, right? You get the point. And I bet in your country, the underbelly of your society is also coming through in various different ways, you know, whether your government was ready, whether your institutions were ready for this type of crisis, what went wrong, what's going well, what's not going well. You see, each of you in each different country and each different local geographic area and culture will have different things to reconsider. But when we have crises like this, we are called to reconsider both local, national, and global issues and start making decisions on how we really want to move forward and whether we, we want to change our behaviors in any way in order to live more in harmony with this planet and more in harmony with each other. Okay, now that we have gone through the six major lessons, I wanted to leave you with a, a really powerful guided exercise that's going to help you in the chaos out there, okay? It's crazy out there, and whether you watch this five years from now, you can still use this exercise because this exercise is pertinent regardless of what type of crisis is going on in the planet. It doesn't just, it's not just for the coronavirus, okay? So this visualization exercise, it's not actually just a visualization exercise. This is an exercise in training your energy field to move, contract, and expand. You can do that with your energy field if you didn't know, okay? So this is going to be an exercise that's going to help you expand your energy field so that you can help move, shift the energy of the collective during uh, times of crises, especially when the collective consciousness is feeling a lot of fear and a lot of panic, okay? So if you want to do this right now, you can watch it with your eyes open and take notes, or you can, you can be guided by the exercise right now. So uh, if you haven't done it, maybe pause the video and come back. But, you know, find yourself a comfortable place right now and just close your eyes. I'll guide you through the exercise. Just close your eyes and you're going to start focusing on your breathing, okay? Nice deep breaths through the mouth and what's called belly breathing, which means that when I inhale, my stomach is going to expand like a balloon and you notice my shoulders didn't move a lot. So when I say deep breathing through your mouth, I'm not saying this. 
<laughs> okay, that's hyperventilating on the top of the lungs. That's not a deep breath. Deep breath is diaphragmatic. It's down low in your belly. So when I say breathe, watch, watch my shoulders. You see my shoulders barely move. My stomach, you can't see, I don't think you can see my stomach, uh, but my stomach is expanding a lot. So your stomach expands when you, in, when you inhale and then, okay. So you're going to do a few of these breaths. All right. And then what you're going to do as you're getting relaxed with your eyes closed, what you're going to do is you're going to start visualizing your energy field. And on the average person, the energy field is usually about the, the diameter of your outstretched arms. That's where your energy field tends to start. But again, you're a light worker, which means that your energy field is bigger. So wherever you're sitting, just start to see your energy field as being the circumference of whatever room you're in. Okay. So, so that's the circumference of the initial part of this exercise. Okay. So whatever room you're in, that is the size of your energy field. And you're going to start to visualize it as this really strong white light. I could see mine and my eyes are open. So your eyes don't have to be closed, but to train, it's good to do this with eyes closed in a meditative state. And then what you're going to do is you are going to, through your breathing, you're going to start expanding that energy field out. So it starts by filling the room that you're in, and then you're going to command it to go out. You could either say it out loud, or you can just mentally say, you know, move, expand, and it's going to expand. And then it's going to encompass the building you're in. And then you're going to keep expanding it. And then it's going to encompass the city you're in or the town you're in. And you're going to keep letting it expand, letting it expand. And it's going to start encompassing the whole country that you live in. And you're just going to sit there. I'm, I'm going a little faster um, because, you know, I don't want to be here forever, but you can do this on your own slower, depending on how quickly you get this exercise. Okay. Once your energy field, when you're going through these different stages, you're just to pause your energy field a little bit and really hold that energy. So we, we stopped at the level of the city. So you visualize your whole energy field expanding and sort of creating this dome over the city that you're in this dome of light. And then you're going to command your energy field to open more and it's going to encompass the whole continent that you live on. So a big dome, a big dome of light over the continent that you live on. And then you're going to finally call it to expand again. And it's going to start expanding across oceans and it's going to expand to have this beautiful, beautiful, uh, whole energy field is going to encompass the whole planet earth. So at the end of this exercise, your consciousness will be floating out in outer, outer space while you visualize your whole energy field, creating a bubble of light around the globe, around the planet. Okay. And you're going to do this for as long as you can. The longer you can hold this expanded view of your energy field, the more you're able to affect the vibration of collective consciousness, the more you help pull people, even people that don't know what the heck you're doing, you're still doing it. You're able to pull that energy up into more love and compassion. That's what your energy field is doing love that light is love and compassion and empathy and tenderness and peace. And that's what you're bringing to the whole planet with this exercise. You can do this for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, however long you want. But when you feel like you're done, then you start contracting and calling back your energy field to yourself. So then you just do the opposite, uh, uh the opposite order. You go from globe to continents, 
<laughs> from continents to country, country to city, city to town, town to building that you're in, building to room that you're in, and then you're done. Your energy field is contracted back into its natural state, okay? So this is a quick exercise. Again, you could do it longer, but I wanted, you, I wanted to leave you with this because this is a really powerful exercise to help you hold that level of peace and steadiness no matter what is happening in the world. Not just hold that state of peace for yourself, but hold it in the sense that you are then able to, uh, to really affect the level of consciousness really affect the vibration of the whole collective consciousness. You know, you may think I'm crazy and you may think, what, what? I'm just one person. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Well, you are one light worker. <laughs> and, and just like you, there are thousands upon thousands of people that watch my videos. So there are thousands upon thousands of light workers. And remember, light workers have very big energy fields. So if thousands upon thousands of light workers do this exercise, there is a significant effect on collective consciousness. Okay, so do your part. You are a big, big, big ass soul. <laughs> you are really big do your part. And I'm sending you so much love and so much compassion. I know that times of crisis are difficult. I'm always with you. If you don't follow me on social media, head over to, especially Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time. Head over to Instagram and we can continue, you know, we can continue to, to talk to each other, to be with each other, to cultivate this community as we move through this crisis. Everything is going to be just fine. Do your part though. All right, beautiful soul. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website to, to take my heart quiz and see if your heart's blocked. And I hope to see you. There's more videos over here too if you want to watch them. And I hope to see you back here soon. I love you, beautiful soul. I am out. <laughs>